Welcome to the Faith Community Church Podcast, a ministry of Faith Community Church in South Boston, Virginia. This week, we have a special guest with us to encourage you to deepen your faith in Jesus Christ. Good morning. My name is Elijah Romick, and I am a graduate of Liberty University in the School of Divinity there. I'm here today with my wife, Rebecca, uh, who's here in the front row. Uh, we will be talking about praising the Lord this morning, and my wife is definitely one of those things I praise God for. Um, very thankful for her. But if you have your Bible this morning, you go ahead, you see Psalm 111 is where we'll be diving in this morning. Psalm 111. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Psalm 111. And uh, we're going to be talking about God's work this morning. And what someone says but more importantly, what someone does and how they do it reveals a lot about their character and about who they are as a person. Uh, we are more than just what we do. We can't just be reduced to the simple things that we do. Like if someone steals something and you call them a thief, that might be true, but reducing them to just that singular label of that one thing that they've done isn't necessarily fair. But what someone does does reveal about who they are. So, for example, for me, if you watch my life, you'd see a lot of the things I do. I work for Liberty. I'm an operations analyst at Liberty University. I was a student there for many years, uh, and I went to school. I, I play the piano, and so I'm a musician. I watch baseball and football, and uh, I'm originally from Cincinnati, so I watch the Cincinnati Reds, and I watch the Cincinnati Bengals, Today's the beginning of the NFL season, and I'm dreading watching the Bengals 17 games this season. They're just no good. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so if you watch my life, you see the things that I do. And while those things don't define who I am, I'm more than just a fan of sports. I'm more than just a musician. But those things reveal a lot about me. They reveal a lot about me. So I work as an analyst, I said. That means that it reveals I like numbers. It reveals that I have an analytical, logical mind. And you kind of get an insight into who I am by what I do there. And I play the piano, so you see that I appreciate art. And you might even get insight into what I'm feeling in that moment because of if I'm getting really into a song, I might be really feeling it. And so you can tell and get an insight into who I am if I'm really feeling something or really getting into it. Or uh, if you see me watching the Cincinnati Reds and the Cincinnati Bengals. You might think, wow, that guy has no self-respect that he's watching terrible teams. But I mean, in reality, but it just shows that I, uh, I'm from Cincinnati. I'm loyal to where I'm from. Uh, I love, like, I grew up watching that. And so you can kind of get into say, oh, he must be from Cincinnati because there's no other reason he would watch those teams. And he, you know, his family must be there. He, you know, he, he's loyal to them. He, he's a competitive guy who likes sports. You ask my wife, I am a competitive guy. Uh, on game nights, you know, watch out because I'm, I'm coming on, on, a competitive, uh, on the competitive field. So sometimes all we get to see of someone is what they do, but that reveals about who they are. And so Psalm 111 really celebrates God's works to the nation of Israel and celebrates what he has done for them and how that reveals his character to them. In the Old Testament, especially the Psalms, were called to remember God's work and worship him for who he is. So there's a very close connection there to what 
God has done and who he is as a God. And so if we want to see who God is and what God is like, we look at what he has done. And we praise God's character that is revealed in his work. So that's the big idea today is that God's work reveals his character, his work in his word, his work in his covenant with us, and his work in us as we are his workmanship. So it is his work in us. So this matters to us because as we celebrate God's work and as we worship him for who he is, we draw close to him and become more like him. So let's dive into Psalm 111 and see what's so wonderful and we're celebrating about God's work and what it reveals about his character. So Psalm 111, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart and the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They're established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. And so God's work is being celebrated in this psalm. And God's work reveals his character. So let's just start in the top verse, verse 1. Praise the Lord. That's hallelujah. The, that's what hallelujah means. Hallelujah, praise Yah, Yahweh, God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And always, anytime I hear hallelujah, praise the Lord, I always think of that song when I was a kid. We would sing, praise ye the Lord, hallelujah, you know, back and forth and trying to be as loud as possible. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And I don't really know how much genuine worship was going on as a child when we're screaming at the top of our lungs, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But it definitely stuck. That repetition is the key to retention there. So repetition stuck. I remember, praise the Lord, hallelujah, that, what that means in the close connection there. So it says, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. I'm worshiping God with our whole heart. That's the greatest commandment in all of scripture. It is loving the Lord, worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Or the New Testament version, you know, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's the greatest commandment. It's all your heart belongs to the Lord. And you don't get just half of Jesus. You don't get uh, a Savior Jesus without a Lord Jesus. And, you know, uh, he saved me, but I, he doesn't, he's not in charge. He gets your whole heart. And you don't just get a Lord Jesus where you're just following works and works, but there's no salvation there. You have a Savior and a Lord, and he has your entire heart. All your heart belongs to the Lord. And it's not just a private act either. It says that we're in the congregation. We're in the company of the upright in the congregation. Worship's a group activity. That's why we come together on Sunday morning. We worship the Lord together. And a lot of times in our country, where we are all about the individual and, oh, it's my relationship with the Lord, not our relationship with the Lord. Uh, But because of that emphasis on my relationship, my personal relationship, sometimes that comes at the cost of thinking about us as a community. But that's why it's so beautiful for us as a church to come together and celebrate what God has done for all of us together. 
And there's so many in the New Testament, one, like one another, love one another, serve one another. And God's work, he works through the body of believers. And yes, he does work with us as individuals, but the great part is he works with all of us as a community of believers. And so the congregation and in the company of the upright is a super important part of what God does. God's work is through in all of us, not just one person. So God can do so much through a congregation of believers. But if you continue on, what are they celebrating here? They're praising God, they're giving thanks, but what are they giving him thanks for? It says, great are his works in verse 2. His works are great. And God's work in his word it reveals his character. It says, it's studied by all who delight in him. Well, how do we study God's works? We have God's word that we can study it says, studied by all who delight in him. If we delight in the Lord, we're studying him in his word. We're getting to know him better through his word. And so God's work in his word reveals his character. He preserved it through generations and through translations and you know, transcriptions and all the wonderful history of how we even have an English Bible and how there's so many languages in the entire world that have a translation of the Bible, and God's work in his word, it shows his character. And we can study his word. It testifies to the many works that he has done throughout all of history. And God's word is really one of the great works in our lives still today. Back then when they were writing the Psalms, they really only had part of the Bible. We have the New Testament, we have the prophets, we have the Psalms, the entirety of them, we have the Proverbs. But at the time of the Psalms, you know, in reality, the first five books were the big deal. The law, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And I will admit, the vast majority of my personal reading is not in those first five books, and I bet across the room that's probably the same. But to them, they're celebrating God. Oh, how great is God's word? How great is God's work? And how it, you know, his word is testifying to him. And let's delight in his word. And it's the first five books of the Bible, the law, where we, we read it and we're like, this is kind of boring. Or I don't know what, what I'm getting out of this. But studying God's word, even in the law, reveals to us his character. In the laws, it shows God having a deep care for the people in his country that making sure they're not taking advantage of each other and that they're taking care of the poor and the oppressed and that you know there are laws in place where they have sin that needs reconciled and God gives them a way and provides a way for them to have that redemption that they need so they celebrate God's law and his character that's revealed there but let's take a look at some of the other adjectives about God's work that also is applying to God's character. You see in verse 3, he's splendid and majestic. God's righteousness endures forever. He's, he's gracious and merciful. And in verse 4, in verse 5, he provides for those who fear him. We see God's work there where he's being gracious and merciful. And we see his character as being gracious and merciful. What a great God we serve. The songs that we were singing this morning, I was thinking about it, just how, what a great God we serve uh, this morning. And I, I was really, really excited just, just thinking about how great God is. And then in verses four and five, we see, uh, we see he provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. And that's another work 
that God, that God reveals his character to us through is his covenant with us. So God's work in his word reveals his character, but God's work in his covenant reveals his character. God's covenant with Israel, you know, it included in verse 6 where it says giving them the inheritance of the nations, it includes giving them the land. That's a very Old Testament theme. You know, let's claim the land that the Lord has given us. Let's go to the land. The very important part of the covenant was the land and the inheritance of the nations. And uh, and in that old covenant that uh, God made with Moses and the people on Mount Sinai, it was conditional. It was obey and be blessed, disobey and receive the consequences of disobedience. And God was very patient with them through many cycles of disobedience. And ultimately, they did end up getting removed from the land because of constant generation after generation after generation of sin and not obeying the Lord. And so the, the covenant that God gave to his people, it revealed his character because it says he remembers his covenant forever. He makes a covenant, but he doesn't forget about it. He remembers it and he's faithful to that covenant forever. And he is faithful to that covenant to the end. And under the old covenant, you had the law. But now, you and I, we still have a covenant worth celebrating, and that is the new covenant in Christ. In Hebrews, is one of my favorite books of the, of the New Testament, and Hebrews really outlines the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. And especially if you read in chapters 8 through 10 in Hebrews, it just gives this awesome outline of the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. And under the old covenant, we had laws, we had regulations, rituals, we had preparations before even coming into the presence. We had, we had constant sacrifices because of the constant sins in our lives. And, and we see those, you know, the old covenant, the laws, regulations, all of those things. But under the new covenant, we have a high priest, Jesus, who died once for all for our sins, and Jesus came to earth to call sinners to repentance, laying his own life down to die, for, to die for our sins, once for all, to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus died and was buried, and he rose again in power over sin and death. And he sent us his Holy Spirit, which is the seal and affirmation of this new covenant that we have today. And as Christians, we have all the reason to be celebrating God's covenant and God's work through the Holy Spirit is God's work in his covenant, and that reveals his character to us. And we have reason to celebrate because we have the Holy Spirit within us as believers. And as recipients of this wonderful new covenant, that we get to also celebrate God's covenant, and he will remember that covenant forever. You know, God's still the same in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. Even though the covenant's different, God is still the same. If it says that God remembers his covenant forever, that means God's new covenant, he's going to remember forever. So do you think God will ever forget his new covenant with us? Absolutely not. He's never going to forget it. Do you think God will forget his promises to us? Absolutely not. And will God ever stop forgiving us in the name of Jesus? Absolutely not. He will always remember that covenant with us. If we would admit and repent of our sins, believe in Jesus as the Son of God, and confess him as Lord and Savior of our life, we are recipients of that covenant, and God will never forget. God will remember his covenant with us. Romans 8 reminds us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. 
absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God. No powers, no distance, no height, nor depth. Nothing can separate us from the love of God because God loves you and God loves me. God loves every person in this room and every person. And he sent his son to die on the cross for all of us. We don't deserve it, but God is gracious to us and gives us grace and mercy and he's faithful to forgive. He shows compassion and forgiveness to us. And is all through his son, Jesus Christ. And so this work that God has in the covenant is revealing to us, even today as New Testament Christians, that God's character is the same. God's character never changed between the old covenant and new covenant. But his character remains the same. So he'll never forget his covenant. It's just so good that God, God will forgive us. And I know personally, I mess up daily. Like, I know... If I was under the Old Covenant, I would be there having to sacrifice day after day after day after day over and over again. But because of God's work on the cross, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, that is our hope. And that reveals God's character and his love for us. And so these ideas of God's work in his word and his, his work in his covenant are repeated in this psalm. We just have verses 7. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. That's his word. Uh, verse 8, they're established forever and ever. Those precepts are established forever. They're to be performed with faithfulness. They're to be obeyed with faithfulness and uprightness. Uh, verse 9, he sent redemption to his people. That's his covenant with us. He sent his redemption to his people. For us, it's Jesus on the cross. He commanded his covenant forever. It's eternal. It will last forever. He'll never forget it. Holy and awesome is his name. And that brings us to the last verse there of Psalm 111, verse 10. It reveals, to me, I think this is quite possibly the greatest way God's work reveals his character. And it's God's work in us that reveals his character. And verse 10 talks about the fear of the Lord. That's approaching God, not like, ah, I'm so afraid, I'm so scared, like, help me. It's, it's more of approaching God in total reverence for who he is, honoring him in awe of who he is, and just loving God. It's just that ultimate reverence and love for God. And this reverence is the foundation of all wisdom. As we have a relationship with God, and we obey his word, and obey his command, and take part in the covenant that he has with us, we receive that wisdom and become more like him each day. It's not like a snap of the fingers and in a moment we're just this, you know, perfect person. We're not perfect. As I said, like we, no matter how long you live life on earth, you're never going to be perfect. But God will constantly work on you and make you become more and more like him. That's sanctification. God will make you become more and more like him. And it's just, it makes sense because it's a relationship with God. When you love something or when you love someone, you want to spend a lot of time with that person, right? You want to spend a lot of time doing that thing that you love. If you love someone, you spend a lot of time with them. And when you spend a lot of time with that person, you become a lot more like them. Uh, I mentioned my wife earlier, and this is true even with us. Even though we have a young marriage, that you know, we love each other, so we spend a lot of time together. 
And as we spend a lot of time together, we laugh at the same things, we make the same references, we think the same things, you know, along the road, we point out, you know, we both had the same thought as we see a sign along the road or something. And we just become more and more like each other. And I know that people always love to tell me, you know, how much I don't know. And they're like, oh, you're so young, you have no idea how, how much you'll become like each other. And I know, I know it's true, and I'm excited for it. I saw it with my parents, and they were married, they've been married for 34 years, and my grandparents, who have all passed on at this point, but they were married for like 60 plus years. And just seeing like how similar they were at the end of their life, just because of how much time they spent together. And I know that it's the true, it's true for us as well. The more time you spend in your relationship with the Lord, like you're going to spend more time with him if you love him. And the more time you spend with him and the more love that you have for him, the more you become like him. And it just makes sense. As we have a relationship with the Lord, studying his work, experiencing the covenant, we become his work and we become the thing that is reflecting his character. We, Psalm 111 is talking about, oh, great are the works of the Lord, and they're revealing his character, but we become that work, and we reveal his character. And that's what Psalm 112 is all about. Psalm 111 and 112 are kind of a unit. They're both acrostic psalms, and you know, it doesn't translate super well into English because it was the Hebrew alphabet, so it doesn't really matter to us when it's translated, but they were both acrostic psalms and they're a unit, and it's saying, hey, you really want to see God work? You want to see God's work? See what he does to a sinful man and making him righteous and making him like him. And that's what Psalm 112 is about. It begins the same way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandment. And does that sound familiar at all? You know, in 111, verse 2, it talks about studied by all who delight in him. And in verse 10 of Psalm 111, it says, those who fear the Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom. And Psalm 112, it kicks off, blessed the man who fears the Lord. It greatly delights in his commandment. That's the same idea there of Psalm 111. Let's read on. His offspring will be mighty in the land. Well, mighty, God's revealed to be powerful in Psalm 111. And the generation of the upright will be blessed, upright and blessed. Upright, same description of God in Psalm 111, but it's being described of a person, the righteous man. And then continuing on, wealth and riches are in his health. His righteousness endures forever. That same exact phrase from verse 3 in Psalm 111, his righteous, God's righteousness endures forever, but the man who loves the Lord and the man who fears the Lord and follows him, he is, his righteousness endures forever, just like the Lord. So he becomes like the Lord. He's becoming righteous. It says that as well with the man who deals, uh, excuse me, uh, verse 4, I skipped <laughs> verse 4. He's gracious, merciful, and righteous. Upright, gracious, merciful, righteous. Sounds a lot like God. Then it is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. The righteous will never be moved. He'll be remembered forever. God will be rem God's works will be remembered forever. And this man will be remembered forever. His, he's not afraid of bad news. I know that right now we're always surrounded by bad news. But we, we as God's work, we're not afraid of bad news because we have that eternal hope in him and we have a God who will not be moved and so we will not be moved and we will not be afraid of bad news and our heart is firm we trust in the Lord verse 8 of 112 his heart is steady he will not be afraid 
until he looks in triumph over his adversaries. Verse 9, he's distributed freely. He's given to the poor. He's sharing his wealth. He's sharing. He's being generous because God has blessed him. And he is being generous just as God was generous to him. His righteousness endures forever. Again, these ideas are repeated and repeated over and over again. And it's because God's work reveals his character. But for us, we become that work that is revealing his character. We were created in the image of God. And at the fall, in Genesis 3, that image was tainted. And we, there's something kind of broken about the image of God in us. We sin, we have you know, health issues, we have spiritual issues, we have mental and emotional issues. There's a little bit of brokenness, so there's not that perfect image of God in us. But as we have a relationship with the Lord, He is restoring us to properly reflect that image once again. And we are becoming more like the Lord, and that image is being restored and renewed day by day and day by day as we have that relationship. He's constantly renewing us, and we're putting off the old man and putting on the new. And that is that constant work of God and the believer. And Psalm 112 just talks about that. As we worship the Lord, as we have that relationship with the Lord, we become more and more like Him. And that's what the big idea is today. The the work of the Lord reveals His character, and the greatest work that He has done, He is doing so many works throughout history. But one of the greatest works is his work in us. And these psalms are an acrostic. They go each line down through the Hebrew alphabet. Um, but acrostics can really be a great exercise in how we praise God and draw close to him in our relationship. And we pray to him. We meditate on who he is. We praise God for his works. We ponder his greatness and his goodness. We become more and more like him and reflect his image in us even more. And think about it. He's an awesome God. And that results in us being in awe of him and awe-inspired. He blesses us and we are blessed and we bless others. He is the creator and we become new creations in Christ. He's our defender but we also defend the poor, the oppressed, the weak. He is everlasting, and he gives us everlasting life. He is faithful, and a relationship with him requires faithfulness, and he makes us faithful people. And he is generous to us, and as he is generous, we become generous and share what he has blessed us with. And he is holy, and we are called multiple times in the Bible, be holy as I am holy, we are a holy people. He is immovable and standing in his strength, we also are immovable and will not be moved by whatever is going on in this world. He is just and we as his people love justice and treat others fairly and justly in all of our interactions, no matter who they are or what's going on. We are just, just as he is just. He is kind and we become known for our kindness to others through our relationship with him. He loves us with a steadfast love, and we love God with all our hearts, our souls, our minds, and we love others 
just as we love ourselves, and we are known to be a people as, as a people who loves others, and he is merciful, and he, we extend that same mercy that we have received to others. We give grace and compassion and forgiveness to others, give that mercy. He never leaves us or forsakes us, and so we depend on him, never losing hope in him, and he is one. He is the one true God, and we worship him alone, and he's the only one that our hearts adore. And he's present with us, and that peace of his presence, it just brings us strength. And that presence in us, it is so evident to other people around us. And that presence is so important. He is quick to hear our prayers, and we are quick to run to him before all others with our cares, our burdens, our prayers, our concerns. And he has resurrection power, and he's our redeemer, and we become a redeemed people who has that resurrection power in us, renewing us day by day. And he is slow to anger. We are to be slow to anger. He is trustworthy. We trust in him. He understands our trials and temptations, and we are understanding of others. We, he is the victor over sin and death. And we have that victory in our lives over sin and darkness. And he is the wise king. And James reminds us that God gives us wisdom freely if we ask, just ask for it and have that relationship with him. And he examines our hearts and we examine our hearts with his word and we examine others from the inside out, not based on outward appearance but, or, or on social status, but we, we examine the hearts of ourselves and on others from the inside out. And yesterday, he is the same as he is today and will be tomorrow. And we give our lives totally to him and just say, yes, Lord. And one day, he will return to Mount Zion and we will be united with him forever. And hallelujah, praise the Lord. God's work reveals his character. And one of the greatest works is us beginning to reflect that perfect image of him in our lives. And our response to God's work, our response to God's person, should be worship, should be pursuing a relationship with him. And as God's work reveals himself to us, we also can draw close to him through studying his word, being partakers of that covenant, and becoming more like him day by day. And we'll have the communion here this morning. And so as we, as I close, I'll, you know, pray and we'll just have the time of reflection here of just our own relationships with the Lord. How are we enjoying that, that relationship with the Lord? God is so great. He's so great. He's worth every one of our praises. And we just need to take a moment this morning, praise the Lord for what he has done and also just examine our hearts and where we're at with him. And are we reflecting that image in our lives as is prescribed in scripture? So let's take a moment and I'll, I'll pray here. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for all the works that you've done. We see your work with the nation of Israel over and over again. We see your work in the New Testament with the Holy Spirit. We see your work through church history. We see your work even today, God, in us and through us. And I pray that this morning we would just take time and praise you and just lift up your name, God. You are so wonderful. And God, I ask that if there's anyone here this morning who does not know you, who does not have a relationship with you, that this morning would be the time where they see how wonderful you are. And this is a moment where they decide that 
I want to give my all for Jesus. I want to love the Lord. I know I'm a sinner and I believe that Jesus is my Savior and my King. God, I thank you so much for bringing us all together in the community and your work in us. And I ask that this morning we would just ponder your presence in our lives and that we would just really embrace your presence and become more like you as we have a relationship with you and walk with you day by day and we become more and more like you. God, we thank you and praise you. We can never, ever praise you enough. And God, I thank you once again. And I pray that this morning as we come to communion, that we would have reflective hearts and that we would really come to the table with, uh, with humble spirits and that we would really reflect on who you are and what you've done for us. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Faith Community Church, you can find us online at fccsobo.org or on our Facebook page by searching Faith Community Church. As always, God loves you, we love you, and we hope you have a wonderful week.